45 years since Steve Beaker was brutally murdered in police custody. And what we have seen this month is in particular the Azanian People's Organization, that is Azapo, leading a series of events to mark his life and times. Nalvis Takema is the Azapo president, joins us now. Good morning to you, sir. Thanks for your time today. Morning, Kathy and uh, the listeners. Uh, Professor Janine Ndihira Geza is a director at the Center for Genocide and Human Rights Research in Africa and at the Diaspora at Northeastern Illinois University. Uh, Professor Janine also being one of the speakers that has uh, been asked to contribute. Um, this is on the life and the legacy of Steve Biko. Uh, Professor Janine, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Let me begin with you, Ndatil Nelvis, because, you know, what we are seeing today, which you have termed as a conversation with Biko in his cell, is a continuation of events that uh, kicked off on the 18th of August, where you have been tracking the key moments in Biko's life and going then to the points of those moments, such as, you know, the spot where he was arrested and, you know, tracking part of that journey ultimately uh, to his cell today where he would have lost his life. Why the choice to commemorate his life in this way for the 45th anniversary of his death? It's important that we do that, uh, Kathy, because we are tracing the steps uh, to martyrdom, like you're saying. On the 18th of August, uh, we were in Makanda at the spot of the roadblock where he was uh, arrested. Uh, and then we see that, that spot as the genesis of martyrdom. And then we were saying that street uh, must be renamed uh, after his name and there must be a monument there. And now we are at his cell where he spent 18 days in the cell that I'm inside in now. And we are here because we are saying we are waging a struggle against forgetting because people forget. And then therefore, uh, the legacy of uh, his contributions and sacrifices should never be forgotten. That's why we are in the cell to be arrested with him, to be humiliated with him, to be tortured with him. We want to get that spiritual moment, that special moment. That's why we're here. We want to remind ourselves that we are where we are today because somebody bled, because somebody's flesh was lacerated, because somebody's life was lost. He laid his life down for this democracy. For our people's therefore, we can never forget him. Conversations with Biko in his cell. Um, speak to me about the emotions that you have been experiencing, not just yourself, but I think even the, the family and friends of Steve Biko that are there with you today. It was tough. Uh, you should have uh, been there on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, we had a cultural ceremony where Azapo slaughtered uh, two beasts, and then it was a Thanksgiving uh, ceremony to uh, the family and Amagrina Glen and the nation as a whole. And then we were saying 
to the family, thank for Steve Biko's life. They, the moment the community of Ginsberg was gathered there, you see, you, you were with people who were saying, I remember he was standing there. I remember we used to go down the street. He would be in this room. We would be coming out and doing this. We were reliving the moment with the people who were directly with him. That's how it felt yesterday at his grave. I was there. We, we were crying, literally crying. I myself cried. It was difficult uh, to hold back tears. And now I am here. I can feel, I can feel the chains on my wrists, my small and thin wrists, my tame and my limb wrists. I can feel, you know, that the, the, the miracle. I, I can feel, I, I can feel the loneliness and the solitude in the cell. I, 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 can, I can feel the rejection. I can, I, I can feel the enslavement. I can feel the dehumanization in this cell, being alone and for who I am, for my blackness, suffering for the way in which God created me. Somebody, somebody snubbing, somebody being angry with God because God created the way he did with me. Janine, conversations with Steve Biko in 2022, of course, would very much also be... All right, I think we're having a bit of an issue there in as far as our connection to the guests is concerned. We'll take a quick break. I think uh, you also have a lot of uh, activity, of course, that is taking place where they are. So uh, we'll just try and see if we can't do a quick move of location and get them back up on the line. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue with the conversation this morning, looking back at 45 years uh, since the killing of Steve Biko today. Uh, many then in conversation with Biko in his cell in Kabeja at the Walmart police station. Nalvis Kakema is the Azapo president and Professor Janine Ntihiragiza is a director at the Center for, G- for Genocide and Human Rights Research in Africa. Uh, Janine, I'm not sure if you're able to hear me this time around. Good morning again. When it comes to responsibility around his ideas, um, I have one of our listeners now asking the question about Biko's ideas around black consciousness. What role would you say that you as an organization have played in keeping those ideas alive and making sure that these ideas are also part of the mainstream conversation? There is nobody, nobody, nobody but Azapo that has been able to keep the name of Steve Biko alive. Azapo has never failed right from 1978 till today. There is not even one year we were able to skip or forget, not even during a COVID-19. So we're still here. And we've been joined by the Steve Biko Foundation from uh, 1999, working together. And then you see the Steve Biko Center. You see uh, um, the, garden, the, the Garden of Remembrance. You see us uh, going around ensuring that even in the syllabus, that uh, his name, uh, his philosophy, his experiences, his contributions and sacrifices are recorded. You 
you're seeing in in the movies, you see him in songs talking to us, uh, to artists, to ensure that we memorialize him, and then uh, we also perpetuate, you know, his uh, his good values, and ensure that our children, our children's children, know who Steve Biko was, but through his work, we also are able to emulate his works and do even better do even better because we need to be Bikos in our lifetime and in our future. This this reflection of Steve Biko, of course, comes at a time where this country is facing what many have described as a leadership crisis, that there is a dearth of leadership in this country. It, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, we were talking yesterday and in reflection to Steve Bigot about the leaderlessness that we see facing our country. Now, look what is happening today. You should not be having a situation where a, a, a head of state is being investigating in a manner that is happening, where a head of state is uh, being accused of being in business and live business when and profit making business and personally involved whilst you are a head of state. You should not be having a, you know, dollars under your mattresses in your, that you cannot account for. Even when you are given extension after extension after you can't account for those things. You should not be having a situation where people are tortured under your direction in your in, in your business place and then without a, the police, without any case number, that being the and being the head of state. That is the leaderlessness that we are talking about. You should not be having a situation where the leaders of this country, you know, are spending all their time not governing, not addressing the development of the people of this country, but uh, they are in commissions, the Zondo commissions, accounting about how they, 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 they stole, you know, the resources of the people, the taxpayers' money, even ducking and diving. In fact, even they, they do not even go to jail because they are in control of the police, the army, the prisons and everything. But when it comes to them, they don't go to jail, but they have to go through commissions. And those commissions are even commissioned by them. The report that comes there, they still have to decide whether do I accept this report which says I must go to jail? Do I accept the report which says I must repay the money? If they don't accept it, it doesn't happen. But I suppose this question around the levels of consciousness in our society are not just for leaders. They can also, it's a question that can also be asked just of of ordinary South Africans. Do you think that we are a conscious people? Indeed, we are a we are a conscious people because a, we, we we derive our consciousness from our, our, our circumstances, our conditions of existence. But even when that is happening, you still need conscientization. You still need education. You still need direction, leadership. So the, the people still need to be led. They still need to be conscious, just like I'm saying because this has to happen for the people to understand that they are their own liberators. They 
they are their own liberators. In other words, they must understand that they need to be able to discharge their agency as a people because nothing will happen if they are folding arms and hoping something will happen from somewhere or something some, somebody will do things for themselves. They need to understand the value and the principle of self-determination, self-reliance. They need to understand that even even those who are rich and richer than them, those people are rich because of them. They need to understand that the people who are ruling or governing, they are ruling and governing through the power they invested in those that were governing. So in other words, they have the agency and the power to withdraw and reclaim that power if that power is not generating, you know, at the realization of their own aspirations. All right. They have the power. Nelvis will continue this conversation in a moment. Nelvis Kakema is the Azapo president. Uh, Professor Janine Ntihira-Geza is also back up on the line. We'll be in conversation with her shortly. I'll take your contributions as well to this conversation, um, particularly, you know, if the theme is conversations with Biko in his cell. What are the conversations that you would want to have with Biko on a day like today. Um, we'll take those calls at 86 It's now 10.30. Time for your latest news headlines. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. Well, just before I bring in Professor Janine on the conversation that we're having today, looking at 45 years since um, the brutal killing of Steve Biko, let me go to Tandiwe in Bloom. Good morning, Tandiwe. Good morning, Kathy. Yes. Um, I'm so thankful to get this uh, opportunity mm. of speaking to FAFM. It's not so easy. To go through, you are a, a candidate. It's not easy to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> Tandiwe, that's not um, a good thing. It's not a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm a first caller in your program. Welcome, anyhow. welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you with us on the radio, Tandiwe. Okay, okay, Kathy. Kathy, man, you have brought here a very important um, agenda. Let me say it's an agenda. Mm. After many years, uh, we've been wanting to engage in a kind of a talk like this one. Let me say I'm one of those uh, people who were inspired as a young person during the time of the leadership of um, uh, Steve Biko and his entourage. Do you know what inspired us? It is because it was after a very long lull that nothing was happening in the country. The voice that we could listen was the voice of the oppressor, the voice of border and his people who didn't see us as black people, as the citizen of this country. And when Biko, Steve Biko raised his voice, we raised our hands and we said, here are we, we are going with you, black power. And I want to say to the youth of today, what inspired us uh, in the leadership of um, Steve Bigo was the program he brought to us. Was the fact that he wanted us to identify ourselves as citizens of the country and to take upon ourselves to liberate our country, not to liberate the organization, 
because now the agenda has shifted. People are fighting for the organizations. They are forgetting that our cause was to liberate our country. Our cause was to develop our country. Our cause was to make sure that we change the lives of the people. Do you know, Kathy, uh, Steve Biko made sure that the enemies are solated. We know who we're fighting for or with because we know who were oppressors. You understand that? We, not, we were not fighting the race. We were fighting the oppressor. That was the system. That is what I think is missing today. You, you know, today are fighting, are fighting yeah. Kuos. Kuos is part of the, those who are oppressed because Kuos doesn't understand the relationship that he is having with other citizens in the country because that education was never there. We've been separated from the the beginning. Can I hear what you want to say? You know, Tandiwe, I'm just thinking about what you're saying about the reason for a unified struggle, that it was beyond um, political party or affiliation, but really about the liberation of the country. And yet when we look at South Africa today, there are so many issues and challenges that we have in common that we face as South Africans. But it's been very difficult to foster the level of unity nationally around those issues. And and I wonder, you know, what do you think the key difference is in the ability to be able to galvanize that oneness of voice and oneness of response versus what, what we question. see today? What a question. Do you know, Kathy, where we are stuck here is because after some uh, uh, put their hands on power, they then understand power differently. They understood power as a tool to change their they are status, social status. They forgot about the cause of the struggle. Hence, you'll find that after we've seen, oh, then I decided to go and register my party because I wanted to go and fight as well so that I can put my hands on the cookie jar. This is where our struggle is, Kasi. It's when the leaders begin now to look at themselves as they, as they being the beneficiaries of the change we, want, we all want. And you find that now the change is such a to certain people and their families. Hence now you see the mushrooming of political parties on the ground. I don't know whether I'm answering your question. Absolutely. Because one, one, one ANC member has said, uh, what changed now the focus is the money. Mm. You understand? Mm. We no mm. more fighting the system. And uh, what is eating on us, Kathy, uh, is the system. The imperialism, do you understand that? Their clothes have, have just touched uh, 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 in our, our, our country. They, 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 they are holding on on our resources. That's why then we find some of our leaders uh, are so proud to, to congratulate or to, to, condo, to, to, to give condolences to the late uh, Queen. The South African people are crying. How crazy I can cry because I'm homeless right now. I'm a freedom fighter, but I don't have a place to stay. I'm not working with my children. We are stretching to survive, mm-hmm. yet we are the people. We were so fearless to bring the change. Why do you then expect for us to go and vote for anybody who doesn't have a program, like the program that 
Steve Biko has put on the table. Oh. Steve Biko united us. I don't care who can say what, mm. but Steve Biko united us on what is that that we need to fight for. Sometimes you will find that Steve Biko, even within his party, there were white people, there were Indians, there was everybody. We're going to leave it there with you for this morning, Tandiwe, but thank you so much for um, your contribution to this conversation. I think uh, you've certainly given us some some food for thought. Uh, let me uh, try and get uh, Professor Janine up on the line now. I understand that she's back on a better line. Uh, Prof, good morning to you. Good morning. Yes, I'm going to ask you just to try and speak a little bit louder for me, uh, if possible. Of course, you are one of those that um, is going to be uh, contributing to the um, Steve Biko Memorial Lecture uh, that will be taking place later on tonight. But just your initial reflections, having been, uh, you know, really focused on the life and times of Biko having been with Azapo as they try and bring us into remembrance of the significance of this life. Mm. Thank you so much for the question. Thank you. It's a huge privilege for me to be part of these conversations and in the work, working around with everybody, participating in various events. It's been a huge honor. I'm learning so much from people when we've seen Vantu Biko. It's been amazing. And uh, uh, at this point, I, you know, you, you asked, uh, the question you were asking, if you met uh, Biko, what would you ask him? Uh, today and I just feel I have so many questions. First of all, I would say I'm so sorry that we are not there yet. Um, there's so much to do that he started for us. Uh, he got us where we should, you know. He got us started, but we're not there yet, and uh, we still have a long way to go. Um, we have so much to, we have to look inside. We have to go from bottom up, from inside out. Um, do we know ourselves um, as we make decisions? Uh, do we are we really conscious of who we are um, as we move forward for the future, for the youth, for everyone uh, inside South Africa, outside South Africa? There's so much pain, so much woundedness, and I don't think we've revisited and and we heal it together. I think until we get to heal it together. We can't move forward with his wonderful ideas that he gave us that would construct, build the world, not just Africa, not just South Africa, not just Africa, but the world. He gave us tools, but we, I'm not sure if we're picking up those tools to run with them. Mm. The conversation of healing in a country like South Africa is crucial. And I know that um, the the likes of Azapo will talk about that conversation in the context of who we have chosen to memorialize as mm. being the key figures and custodians of, of our history. And it's very much been divided along political lines. Do you think that we can have true healing as a nation without being able to overcome that barrier. So once, without being able to get to the point of realizing the significance and the contributions of some of the formidable figures we've had in this country, regardless mm -hmm. of which organization they've belonged to. 
Mighty. I truly am optimistic that it's absolutely possible. I observed yesterday a gathering, a memorial gathering, where um, as a leader, uh, the president Nervis, um, came, came together with uh, the president of PSC, and they brought their members together to celebrate uh, Steve Bantubiko. It was wonderful to watch the youth, everybody together, um, with sharing ideas, um, um, having a conversation, a meaningful for conversation, dancing, singing. I know people can go beyond their bound, political boundaries to focus on what, what matters for a healthy country, for a healthy world. What are the what are the conversations, Professor Janine, that you think should matter to South Africans right now um, in these conversations with Biko? Well, first of all, it's knowing what, 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 who are we? What happened to us? There are many, like when the oppressor came to this country, they didn't come to help us, to help Africans. They came to take away. And what they left us, where they left us, they left us with, without dignity. They stole from us. So are we restoring that? Are we working to restore dignity for everyone? Are we going back in uh, rural areas? In, who are Africans right now? What do they have with them? something deeply wrong happened, are we hearing that? So it's a conversation to the core of what happened. We didn't, we are not responsible of what happened. We didn't invite thieves to come take away wealth, our dignity, who we are, the core of who we are, who are we? Let's revisit Ubuntu, the way we lived before the colonizers. Right? That's how we did things. And yes, we can go back there, but we have to maybe start being selfless. Right? Let's, let's, let's revisit and see what's important for everyone else, the community, collective leadership, not individual leadership. Let's revisit. We, education was what, I mean, let's see what's in the curriculum. What's there? You know, what are we teaching our children? So, yes, we can, go, we can get together. We can have that conversation. Let's look at the word we use in the curriculum. Let's see if we are teaching them about Africa and uh, South African concepts that will push forward our no the knowledge, South African knowledge, because we have rich knowledge here. But it's not being in the, in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, as I'm listening to you speak about being able to get to the heart of why our nation is where it is today, you are mm -hmm. not the first person that we have had on this show who has said, we have to ask ourselves, what has gone wrong? Mm -hmm. um, because that is the only way that we can begin to fix especially some of the societal issues that we are grappling with on a day-to-day -day basis. And part of that conversation, of course, 
leads us to what is the collective trauma, the collective mm-hmm. brokenness that we have as a nation and what it's going to take to fix that in order mm-hmm. to truly fix our society. Mm-hmm. It's going to take reevaluating what we learn, how we learn. Honestly, I am in education also, and I'm the business of education. And until we change what we teach our children, the examples we give when we are illustrating a science experiment, the way we phrase it, the way we, the examples we give when we teach in this language, what are we, how, what are the examples that we teaching using examples of pro local? You know, if I'm talking about a farmer, I shouldn't talk about a farmer in the in in the West. It's a farmer in Africa. If I'm talking, there are really simple. We start. We can start small. We don't have to start big, but build it one by one. Looking at the systems, looking back and reanalyze what is it that we have that's African, that's South African. What's this? So are we really? Let, let's go back and put lenses that shine on the problem. Our youth, what are they learning? From there, they will see, they will value their own culture, their own knowledge. It, they many times we don't even know it's there because we haven't focused on it. Mm-hmm. And then once we know who we are, what we we are, why are we valuing what what came as oppressing us? You know, I mean, why are we planning what one helps, which one happens because it's not us, it's not who we are. So revisiting who we are and teach what we know is important. You know, what, how we used to work together, planning the other, right, before we valued ourselves. All right. And that's still possible. I saw it yesterday. I've seen it around us. Really. We go visit in the countryside. If you see people, how they work together, how they change each other. We, I mean, we've been, been robbed with it, so, by, with it so much, but we still, we still have the core of what de- defines us, and we need to go back and put it in the books, put it in the curriculum, put it everywhere, everywhere when, at, in the workplace. How are we behaving? I woke up in the morning, and I wonder, who am I? Am I touching well, the toothpaste I touch? Is that what I should, what is it? I mean, reanalyzing everything we do from the first minute we open our eyes to the last minute when we go to bed, day in, day out, all the time, reanalyzing. Let's find ourselves. All right. I want to bring in just some of the views that have been shared by our listeners and contributions to this conversation. Of course, on the WhatsApp line 0614-104-107, you can send your voice notes and messages there. Morning, Kathy. It's I'd like to ask Biko, what is respond to what is happening in Zimbabwe? What is Biko, his response about Zimbabweans fleeing their country, developing on their country? What is respond to that? Biko, what is your response 
on African leaders that have turned their people into laughing stock of the continent. Biko, what is your response on the situation of ANC? The movement that fought hard for our democracy and the liberation. Uh, good morning, Kathy and the SFM listeners. I agree with Tandiwe, and so much wish, wish that these many political parties who are just fighting things that are not important to us as South Africans can stop what they are doing. Let's be united uh, uh, on particular agendas of unemployment, poverty, and inequality. Now these guys, they are just making noise on things that have got nothing to do with ma the majority of South Africans. I agree with her. Slyelo, Polokwan. Morning, Kathy. Uh, to the caller who spoke about minority rights uh, as it relates to Steve Bigo. Steve Bigo was reacting to the notion that was touted at the time, uh, which spoke about uh, minority rights being guaranteed in case uh, freedom was achieved. It was not just an airy fairy uh, term. It was in reaction to that notion that minorities would have special rights that protected them. Good morning, Kathy. You know, Steve Biko was way ahead of his time. That man had such an excellent brain. You know, how I wish that um, our government can continue in his legacy. That man had a brilliant, brilliant mind. Sibyl Franz from Kabeja. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. And Dr. Nelvis, let me come to you and give you a chance just to respond to some of the questions that have been raised by our listeners. But I also think, you know, this idea of longing for the past that is not there, you know, so longing for leaders like Steve Biko not having them um, and what we can do currently to be able then to raise leaders that can be responsive to the country's challenges. Uh, thank you, uh, Kathy. I think there's uh, one important point that is raised, and it, it links up with your question, that a, um, the, the present political framework within uh, electoral politics has uh, this unfortunate byproduct that a uh, people, an organization, uh, seem to be worrying more about seats because uh, with uh, parliamentary seats, uh, uh, you, you have power and you have resources. And then that, in a sense, alienates them from the people. And then they forget that uh, you need to connect parliament to the village because for you to be able to go to parliament, you need to start at the village first and go for. I mean, and to the village. So the point that I'm making, you find that a unity becomes elusive between the political parties because each and every one of them is worrying about getting more seats, is, getting, is worrying about getting more uh, space and uh, media coverage so that they get the seats. Now, that, that, that is very worrying. But again, another thing that is uh, very worrying, very worrying, very worrying, is the fact that... Um, we forget that uh, where we are, 
we've got to be working together. We've got to be united because Steve Biko died on the road and on the mission of unity and to be able to give to our country a human face. And I think that has got what has got to be foremost in what we are doing, restoring the humanity and dignity for our people. And that can happen when we have no oppressor and then no oppressed. Because we've got to understand, if you dehumanize anyone, you yourself get dehumanized. And I think we must go back to that thing of uh, rebuilding and building the nation and in fact ensure that we even remove, uh, you know, the, 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 the apartheid uh, 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 spatial development that you see, because already what you see in our country now, we are going back to self-hatred and uh, go to parliament and see what is happening. It's uh, one black party against another black party. It's one people being thrown out, being dragged out. It's not white people. White people are folding their arms. Black people are really hammering each other, lessering uh, their, 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 their flesh. This has got to stop. See what has been happening uh, uh, there in uh, Kruger store. I mean, uh, black people raping other black people. I mean, a black woman being gang raped by ten to eight to eight black men. Self hatred. These are kind of things we are talking about. The spiritual poverty that Steve Biko uh, once uh, cried about. Uh, Professor Janine, let me give you a chance to respond to our listeners. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, if I, every time I think about what Biko was going through, the courage that he had, I want to wonder if the leaders today look back and say, are they really fighting for their people just the way that selfless that Biko did? Surely things were very hard at that time, but he was able to keep marching on for the goal of liberating his people. Is that the same spirit that the leaders, and I'm not pointing to one or the other, we do still have many wonderful leaders who are trying, but the system is not allowing the breathing, the possibility if students finish, get degrees, and they don't get jobs, is that what, what would, I always say, what would Kutiko do in this case, right? It's first liberating, it's like finding what's wrong with, with, with those making decisions. Are they basing them on the other, meaning the society, the community? Are we, are we creating? You know what we feed our children in the in the future. All right. I'm doing the systems the way they are. Maybe the way the answer. Absolutely. Professor Janine Ndihi Rageza, let me thank you for your time as part of this conversation. Director at the Center for Genocide and Human Rights Research, you also heard from Nalvis Kagema, who is the Azapo president. Unfortunately, uh, you know, part of that con connection not being great. They are out at um, the Steve Biko cell in Kabeja, uh, where he was killed in police custody.